1: with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
0: Hey there, Gary Parish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports I Own College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting Dota birds, And Leaky Black, Matt Norlander, is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button like you're Brandon Davis. You have consent. And if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please knock that out while you're here. And while you're doing that, let me remind you what we've got going on. It's called the Summer Shootaround Series, during which we're going to focus on 20 notable teams over a span of 10 weeks, two per week. 20 teams in 10 weeks. We're almost done. We're almost done. We're doing the schools in alphabetical order. We've already knocked out Alabama, Arizona. Arkansas, Auburn, Baylor, Creighton, Duke, Gonzaga, Houston, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisville, Michigan, North Carolina, and Ohio State. Now we turn our attention to Tennessee, the Vols. They went 27-8 and last season, finished tied for second in the SEC. They won the SEC tournament, got a three seed in the NCAA tournament, then lost to Michigan in the second round. From that team, they lose Kennedy Chandler, John Fulkerson, Victor Bailey. It's three of the top six scores, but they're bringing back Santiago Vescovy, Josiah Jordan-James, Zakai Ziegler, Olivier Kamwa. That's four of the top five scorers from a team that finished ninth at Ken Palm, and they're enrolling a top 25 recruiting class. as highlighted by five-star wing Julian Phillips. That's a good roster. It's why I've got Tennessee ranked ninth in the top 25 and one. We'll see what Norlander thinks of Rick Barnes Valls next, but first, a word from our partners.
2: Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly, and our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash cbssports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash cbssports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
3: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring.
0: All right, dead leg. I've got Tennessee ranked ninth in the top 25 and one. That's ninth in the nation, third in the SEC behind Kentucky and Arkansas. Where are you at on what will be Rick Barnes? Eighth team in Knoxville. Boy, time flies, doesn't it? Eighth, it kind of does fly. Eighth year. Eighth
1: year. I went down to Knoxville uh, when – Donnie Tyndall got the job uh, and went down for like an offseason, like deep dive feature. It's the only time I've been down to Knoxville. I've never been to Thompson Bowling for a game, but I have been down to Knoxville. Awesome, awesome college town for sure, right there on the river with the, uh, with the Vol Navy and all that good stuff. But I can't believe it's been that long. And then, yeah, Tennessee's fortunes really, you could have never really known it then. But, you know, the Tyndall stuff, he got a 10 year show cause. Uh, dating back to uh, his time at, at Southern Miss. And it was just, it was a misfire of a hire. And then they are able to bring in Rick Barnes and he's been able to continue Tennessee on its path to relevance for the most part since uh, since Bruce Pearl really, you know, resuscitated the program and got it back to a, to a huge spot there. But yeah, he's been there a while, though, you know, they're still waiting on a deep tournament run. Tennessee's only made one Sweet 16 under Barnes. That was back in 2019. I was actually there, um... And when they lost uh, in Louisville uh, at the regional semis, there. But you know they they, they're still always good. Like they're always ranked under him. They've had draft picks. Uh, They've you know been able to recruit at a high level. They're coming off a good year. I do have a trivia time for you, relatively off the top here. Bring it. Uh, Tennessee won the SEC tournament.
0: I know, and was underseeded in the NCAA tournament. They should have been a two seed. Well, we'll get to that too.
1: Last time Tennessee won the SEC tournament prior to the year 2022 would have been what GP?
0: Prior to the year 2022, the last time Tennessee won the SEC tournament would have been. I think Ron Slay probably had something to do with it. I'm gonna need a year. I'm gonna
1: need a year here.
0: I'm gonna say it happened in. Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, let's go 2000 and.
1: I really need a buzzer on my board here, and I'll get that in. Ron Slay was not
0: even born. I know, but I decided to go with a Bruce Pearl team.
1: This is your answer. 1979. Smash and pumpkins. Cool kids never have the time. That is unbelievable. Prior to that, Tennessee last won an SEC or conference tournament championship in 1943. I don't have an audio drop for that. Who even knew they were playing conference tournaments in 1943, but that was prior to 79. And that, That's
0: that's back when two-year-old Tony Hinkle was doing his thing.
1: He was like 44-year-old Tony Hinkle at that point. But yeah, it's unbelievable. He'd been doing his thing for, uh, for a damn long time there. Tennessee brings nine players back, but they're coming off a rarity. You know, and obviously Kentucky just like 50 plus sec tournament championships wins in the most years, but still to go that long between an sec tournament championship is a, uh, is significant with Tennessee having nine players back. And yes, they came undone in the second round against Michigan. They were, they were wrongly seated. Um, I, 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 do think this team has a real fun shot and I say fun intentionally because I love Zakai Ziegler as a major national breakout player. He played really well, Alongside Chandler last season. Now he'll have the reins, averaged 8.8 points, 2.7 assists, almost two steals a game. I think Zakai Ziegler will wind up being a top 10 point guard in America, and that will go a long way to, you know, Tennessee having top three bona fides in the SEC. Josiah Jordan James being back, and they bring Tyree Key via, um, uh, um, if I want Indiana state there. So they, they, they have a lot here. I don't know if they have an outright star. I mean, Julian Phillips might be that GP He was 13th in the composite of two, four, seven, but they, and I'll get to their schedule. When we do the regular season, uh, win total in a minute here. There's a lot to be optimistic about with this team. Investgivy's stat line, I think is even better than people realized uh, 13.3 points, four and a half rebounds, three and a half, three point two assists and almost two steals a game. A little bit overshadowed last year. I get that, but I, I actually think he might. I think Vescovy could be nearly as good this year as you thought Fulkerson might have been due a couple years back when we rated him really high in the top 101.
0: Yeah, let's, let's, say, let's say Tennessee lives up to expectations and is a legitimate top 10 team. Who from that team would be the most likely first team or second team or third team All-American? I think that's Santiago Vescovy. Even more than Julian Phillips. Even more than Zakai. A Ziegler, but when you bring back four of your top four score for your top five scores from a team that again I think should have been a two seed in the NCAA tournament, like that's a good place to start. Like they it, it's it doesn't get as much attention because they're not bringing back a Armando Baycott or a Drew Timmy or a Hunter Dickinson or a guy at that level, but they're bringing back some really really solid guys, and then they're enrolling a five star you know, consensus top 15 player fresh, you know, in the country, freshman in the country, uh, to to that roster. So I, I I like the roster a lot. You brought up Tyree Key. He's interesting because um, you know, he didn't play last season at all. He had shoulder surgery in November. So he is a f- he's played four years of college at Indiana State, but didn't play last year. He was gonna use his super senior season at Indiana State last season, and then he got hurt. So he never played. So he maintains that year of eligibility, and this is exactly the type of example I love when I'm advocating for, you know, transfers to be available o- o- immediately. Tyreek Key has played the past four years at Indiana State, or, or you know, he played four years at Indiana State. Then he was in school there last year, but did not play. You know where he's from? Clay County High in Tennessee, like 125 miles from Knoxville is where he grew up. I'm assuming he was not offered a scholarship to the University of Tennessee coming out of high school, but I'm also assuming he always dreamed, because he grew up in Tennessee, of at the very least playing in the SEC, perhaps playing in his home state university, University of Tennessee. But coming out of high school, um, he probably wasn't at least – High major coaches didn't believe he was good enough to do that. That's how he ended up at Indiana State. And but then he goes to Indiana State. And he, you know, two seasons ago, averaged 17 points per game, shot 37.4% from three over a four-year career there. And um and suddenly his home state school is like, hey, we could use a guy like you. Do you want to use your last year of eligibility playing in the SEC in your home state? For the big state university, like that's an awesome story. That's an awesome thing, and that's why I, I I have for a long time been in favor of players being allowed to be to transfer and be available immediately, and transfers moving up um, as, as a good thing, not a bad thing. That has forever been framed by some as a bad thing. You know, at the mid major level, you develop these guys, and then if they're good, you lose them to the to the high major schools. Well, what's so bad about that? All these kids, nobody dreams of being a mid major player. That's not anybody's dream. Every basketball player dreams of playing in the biggest, at the biggest schools, you know, on national television, all of that stuff. And then you go wherever you go because often it's the best opportunity you can get. But if you prove yourself and suddenly you're um, a desired prospect at the high major level, that should be celebrated as a good thing, not not labeled a bad thing. And this Tyreek Keek story um, is a, a pretty good example of that. I, I don't know what type of impact he's going to have at Tennessee. I imagine he comes off the bench and you know certainly doesn't score 17 points per game, but comes off the bench and can be a meaningful player. But he's going to get to play his last year of college basketball at the University of Tennessee after growing up 125 miles from the University of Tennessee. That's a neat story.
1: It is an easy story. We'll see what uh, what impact he has. I remember uh, a couple years ago, a really, really good mid/slash low major player here in Connecticut, EJ Anasicki, who played at Sacred Heart and was like maybe a top two player in the NEC. His sister actually played for Pat Summit at Tennessee. He transferred there and was a non-factor. Um, which isn't to say this, that's going to be repeated, but I'm just saying there's there's been you know recent example of a of a really quality mid-major player going to play for Barnes and then just, you know, it didn't, uh, it didn't quite work out. Uh, a couple more notes on the roster. Um, they'll bring back uh, Olivier Kamwa, 8.6 points, 5.6 rebounds in about 21 and a half minutes. He'd be the guy that I'd keep an eye on in terms of he's not going to be one, two, or three in terms of production or importance or value, but I do think all of the pieces here with Tennessee, uh, they all seem to make sense. And then Josiah Jordan James, who I do think, you know, I think he's got a chance It's not unthinkable. I'm not predicting that it'll happen, Parish. But, you know, he was a five-star recruit, top 25 player coming out of high school. Now he's, you know, he, he did not envision his college career lasting as long as it has. But it has. He's averaged 10 points and six boards a season ago. We sometimes see it. You know, a guy who was a talented prospect coming out of high school, top 50, top 75. Jordan James, you know, top 25 guy. Either junior in his case the senior year like something really clicks and it, it all comes together maybe it does for him he's been fine he's been a solid player but he he's, has he's not been a, it, he's
0: been a good college player but based on high school reputation obviously if you're a five-star guy and you're still in school this this deep into your college career like things haven't gone the way you thought they would go that's right. just that's just a fact
1: which by the way isn't to say that things went wrong I i refuse to say that because there are so many factors and everyone you know it's become a it's become a cliche but you know run your own race and there is something to that uh, maybe he becomes a great college player this year I think there is potential for that uh, again with Vescovy and I'm all in on Ziegler Phillips is there's been some freshmen who have been able to stand out under under Barnes and you throw in Kamwa. I think there's a I think there's a lot there um, but with Tennessee a lot of it is all right can you be top three top four in the SEC we expect that to happen and then when you get to the tournament, can can you actually make a deep run there? Now, Tennessee fans, I think, are appropriately um, uh, engaged with this team and Barnes. And while they have had disappointment, it's not irrational. But I think one more flameout out in the tournament, and then things really start to, <laughs> to get irritable around there. So with that said, before we pick, predict how... Uh, Tennessee will be seated let's do our regular season win total here I'll give you the games to know GP I did say on the previous episode I would give you the prediction first so I will give my regular season win total after I run down the notable games on the schedule here's the non-con we get Colorado and Nashville which is kind of like a surprise I don't know the story behind that but they're going to play on November 13th so relatively soon at the start of the season
0: I bet Kim English got that done
1: that's a great point. Uh, that's actually probably legitimately happened. Kim English now the head coach at George Mason, former assistant both at Colorado and at Tennessee. So it's the it's the Kim Kim English classic. That's what we'll call that one. November thirteenth, the first notable game for the Vols. Then they're going to be in the battle for Atlantis. Uh, they play Butler to start. Hey, Barnes Mata intriguing head coach matchup we'll see what Butler is there's some there's a little bit of intrigue there then they're going to get either BYU or USC both could potentially be tournament teams we'll see this year and then on the other side of the bracket they'll play one of these four Kansas Dayton NC state or Wisconsin. So there's some challenge there. I, I wouldn't necessarily label Tennessee as the favorite in the battle for Atlantis, but I think at worst, it's the second best team behind Kansas there. Then they'll play Maryland in Brooklyn for the hall of fame invitational on December 11th. And there's two more games of note at Arizona, December 17th. Love to see that one. That's obviously uh, a home and home there. And then they are at home in the sec big 12 to Texas, which is our next team in our in our summer shoot around series so really when you factor in the three battle for atlantis games colorado maryland there are seven games of note for the vols which is good and then how about this gp the sec schedule okay so they'll get kentucky twice they'll get auburn twice but they only get arkansas once and that's at home they only get alabama once that's at home they get the benefit of vandy twice they get south carolina with a new coach twice They get Missouri only once with a new coach. That's at home. They get Georgia with a new coach only once. That's at home. The SEC schedule, as it looks right now, heading into the season, significantly benefits Tennessee as far as I'm concerned. So that being said, I will say, give me 24 wins for the Vols. That would be 24 and seven with a 31-game schedule, seven games of note, but I wouldn't say they're all of equal um, difficulty in the non-conference. You know, Colorado... Maryland and Brooklyn—they're going to be intriguing. They're going to get tripped up, but uh, I, you have them third in the SEC with the schedule they have. They could finish third. They could finish fourth. They could finish fifth. But if they finish first or second, I wouldn't be surprised. Mark me down for Tennessee at twenty-four dubs heading into the SEC tournament.
0: That's exactly what I had to. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I, I thought I got, you might
1: go one higher though.
0: Uh, you know, two and one in the—it's Battle for Atlantis, right? Yes, two and one in the Battle for Atlantis. However, that shakes out. Loss at Arizona, another loss, non-league loss somewhere, just somewhere else. So three, and then you know I've got them third in the SEC, third in the SEC last season was a fourteen and four record, and that gets you to seven losses. That gets you to twenty four and seven heading into the SEC tournament. So maybe I'll go twenty five and six just to be different. Oh. But I, but but we're obviously in in the same in the same range there and if they do finish they're going to be in a position to get a a two seed a possible three seed four seed again what we just described is i think certainly a top four seed in the ncaa tournament yeah. yeah okay so then it comes down to what you touched on earlier which is rick has been really good at tennessee like he got off to a slow start but you know the past four seasons uh for the them like he's coached seven seasons at Tennessee he's made each of the past four NCAA tournaments now, obviously we didn't have one in 2020 dumbest pandemic of my lifetime he's advanced in three of the the four NCAA tournaments he's made at Tennessee but only made the sweet 16 once and that was in 2019 here's where it gets problematic um they've been eliminated by a higher seeded team or a lower seeded team. I guess that's the way to say it in all four NCAA tournaments, a worse seeded team. Yes. A worse seeded team in all four NCAA tournaments lost as a three seed to 11 seed Loyola Chicago in 2018 lost as a two seed to three seed Purdue in 2019 lost as a five seed to 12 seed Oregon state in 2021 lost as a three seed to 11 seed Michigan last season. That's the knock. Like, okay, you, 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 you know, w- why? Because here's the thing. when, when you are starting a, a rebuild with a new coach, and that's more or less what Rick had to do at Tennessee, um, it's like, man, if we could just start making the NCAA tournament, that'll be great. Then you start making the NCAA tournament every year, and it's like, okay, but we're losing earlier than we should. That's not fun. Um, and, and that has been the case at Tennessee. Four losses to worst seeded teams in 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 the NCAA tournament you know that is that's 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 that is what happened um and it's sort of been a a thing connected to Rick throughout his career um you know he's 25 made
1: five and 25 all time in the NCAA tournament
0: he's made 26 NCAA tournaments in 35 seasons as a division one head coach so he's been in the NCAA tournament in 74 percent of his seasons that's that's pretty great. I mean, that's clearly great. That's Yeah, that's high level, yes. But he's only made the Sweet 16 seven times, only made the Elite Eight three times, only got that one Final Four. So when people start banging that drum, that is what it's rooted in. Okay, he can clearly assemble um, good teams, very good teams, reliably, consistently. But what happens when you get into the NCAA tournament? And... Absolutely. Like you got to, if that's becoming a, a bullet point connected to your tenure, then you got to do something to to shake that one. Um, and, and so that, that, that the, you know, when we're talking about Tennessee next off season and looking back at the 2022-23 season, uh, that conversation will be shaped not by where the Vols finish in the SEC, not by whether they went back to back SEC tournaments or not. It's going to be shaped by how deep did they go in the NCAA tournament and who did they lose to when they lost, assuming they don't win the whole thing. And if it's a fifth straight tournament with an exit created by a worse seeded team, well, that's going to be a, you know, that's when everybody will get their Twitter jokes off.
1: Uh, yeah, um, that's really, you know, where we're at with Tennessee. Can you make a deep run? and can because that's all they're that's what they're looking for and i tennessee fans would trade off on you know a seven seed but you know get us into the second weekend and we'll we'll knock off
0: well well, here's the thing if in one of these years he'd have been an eight seed and then lost to a one seed in the second round it's like whatever but when you're a three seed losing to an 11 a five seed losing to a 12 a two seed losing to a three that's not bad obviously but a three seed losing to an 11 i mean in three of the four years top five seed losing to a double digit seed In the NCAA tournament, that starts to, you know, that that starts to become the way people perceive what's happening there. Whether it's fair or not, it's just it's a very easy thing to identify and then pound on.
1: They, I'd be surprised if they're not a significant factor in the SEC. Again, you've got them top ten. I don't think there's any argument about keeping this team outside the top fifteen. At worst, heading into the season. Uh, they look uh, pretty good. And again, I'm just, I'm a believer in, in Vescovy and you got to be a, I, admittedly, I've to either have been like a Tennessee fan or a college hardcore to really know his game, but he's good in Ziegler. Like you could see it now he's small, but I think that he's going to make a big jump. And I think James is will as well. And, uh, we should be talking about the Vols all season long.
0: Shouts to Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina, shouts to Huck and Larnow, and thank you guys once again for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify over at Apple. Leave five stars and a nice review. Type some words. There's more of us than there are of them. That needs to be reflected in the comments over at Apple, and we appreciate you doing that. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please knock that out. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care.
3: Okay, picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.